Oh, man, we aired something last week. See, I'm an old radio guy. We said something, played a clip last week on the podcast. I said at the time, man, I hope, I hope this is a deep fake, but he's all rolled up into the World Economic Forum world. COVID is critical because this is what convinces people to accept, to legitimize total biometric surveillance. And this is the guy who says, we're the gods now. But yeah, the Pfizer CEO said something on video and yeah, in fact, it was taken way, way, way out of context. But so how could I ever believe that he would ever have said anything like the planet can support something like a billion people, maybe two billion, depending on how much liberty and how much material consumption you want to have. If you want more liberty and more consumption you have to have fewer people and conversely you can have more people i mean we could even have eight or nine billion probably if we have a very strong dictatorship which is smart so what was it he said how was it taken out of context and am i sorry no because it said at the time i hope this is out of context oh by the way how out of context is it in what has become a godless society oh and last thing Guys, I came back from a trip to the insane separate country of California with some super kind, very brilliant people. Man, I'm enthusiastic. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Man, I came back from a a weekend in the separate country of California. And I'll just tell you, I had to put aside a statement I made. I will never fly again. I flew. I'll tell you why. I feel like the Lord has said something to me flat out. He said, you said you weren't going to fly again without asking me your, my plans for you. My plans for you are that you're going to get on airplanes and you're going to go speak at churches. That's my plan for you. And when, when, when I heard that, I turned to my wife in church. I said, bad news. She goes, what? I said, I think I heard something that God wants me to do. And, and I'm going to pray about it. And then man, it was validated that day in church. And, and I got home and told my wife, I, I'm going to flag it. She goes, you said you never would. I said, I know. And she goes, but, the, but why is this bad news? <laughs> because I hate flying, because I hate what the airlines have done to us. I'm going to tell you a little bit about um, a meeting that I was part of this weekend. It was also a social gathering. And I don't even have permission to disclose all of it, but I'm going to. I'm going to get permission. The people who organize it are going to come on the show And we're going to talk, but I can tell you, I talked to one of the greatest kidney doctors in this country um, who found himself fired because he refused to take the injections, both because he is um, very, very, uh, not just observant, but very strict Jew, orthodox, um, and because he thinks the shots are poison. Uh, I talked with lawyers who are suing on behalf of people like this, and I got to spend a little time around the gentleman who I think has saved hundreds of thousands of lives and has been a guy I've wanted to meet forever. 
and into this room, watch, walk the last guy I ever thought would walk into a room like this, which is a, a, a Catholic priest. And he and I had a absolutely tremendous conversation. Reminds me of some of the conversations that Zach Abraham, the chief investment officer, Bulwark Capital Management, and I have every Friday on this show. But I do want to get this right up front. I said when we played this clip uh, Monday or last week, this is the Pfizer CEO. He seems to be saying he wants to reduce the world's population by 50%. And I said when I played it on the podcast, man, this may turn out to be fake. I hope it's a deep fake. It's not a deep fake. But someone took it wildly out of context or did, is it really that wildly out of context? It's definitely taken out of context. I think that uh, it's really a fulfillment of a dream that we had together with my leadership team when we started in 19. Uh, the first week we met in January of 19 in California and to set up the goals for the next five years. And one of them was by 2023, we will reduce the number of people in the world by 50%. I think today, this dream is becoming a reality. So what he was talking about was reducing the percentage of people in the world who cannot control the trash that he makes, the, the trash mRNA and, and some of the other trash that Pfizer makes. Um, and so he wasn't saying at that meeting, we want to kill 50% of people in the world. That's not what he said. In, in, in his mind, probably nothing like that. The after effects of what he has engineered in the decade of so-called vaccines with Bill Gates, the after effects of this, this poison mRNA injections is going to be not maybe 50% or anything near that, but it's going to kill a lot of people. It already is. The lockdowns killed people far more than it ever saved because of the counting of the COVID, et cetera. And you know all this. The after effects of the mRNA injection in people in miscarriages, in stillbirths, in people who are going to have trouble conceiving, and the 40% to 200%, depending on the age group, all-cause mortality increases in this country and across most of the, well, most of the mass injection countries. So that may not be his goal, but they're killing a lot of people. And it's not just me that's saying this. And it's fascinating that this has begun to cross the lines of politics or the lines of politics are crossing people. Like Elon Musk has said, well, he hasn't changed, that, that people have just gone nuts on the left. Well, very true. But Naomi Wolf, who I began to pay attention to about um, a year ago, when she started to understand the poison that were the lockdowns. And then she started to dig into the injections and she's now a regular on Steve Bannon show. And you talk about politics and strange bedfellows. Yeah, that's, it is strange bedfellows, but she has a piece out talking about the death of children, the murder of children. This now, by the way, she's been like a pro abortion her whole life. And she is in a brilliant blog calling out the actual, and she says they're killing babies. This, this is her, this is her. And she details why she says this. And this is the title of her piece, Naomi Wolf's piece. Dear friends, sorry to announce a genocide. She writes, I've been silent for some weeks. Forgive me. The truth is I've, I, I've been rendered almost speechless or the literary equivalent of that, because I've recently had the unenviable task of trying to announce to the world that indeed a genocide 
or what I clumsily but urgently called a baby die-off is underway. You might call it also an omnicide, by the way, or infanticide, but omnicide is also a good term for it. The War Room Daily Clout Pfizer Document Research Volunteers, a group of 3,000 highly credentialed doctors, RNs, biostatisticians, medical fraud investigators, lab clinicians, research scientists have been turning out report after report, as you may know, to tell the world that it is in the 55,000 internal Pfizer documents, which the FDA asked a court to keep under wraps for 75 years. By court orders, these documents were forcibly disclosed. And our experts are serving humanity by reading through these documents and explaining them in lay terms. You can find all of the volunteers' reports on the Daily Clout, dailyclout.io. The lies are stunning. The War Room Daily Clout volunteers have confirmed that Pfizer, and thus far the FDA, knew by December 2020 that the mRNA vaccines, please, Naomi, stop calling them vaccines, the mRNA injections did not work that they waned in efficacy and presented so-called vaccine failure, since they're not vaccines. One side effect of getting these injections, as they knew, one month after the 2020 rollout was, was, quote, COVID. One of the side effects was getting COVID. Pfizer knew in May of 2021 that 35, um, that 35 minors' hearts had been damaged a week after the mRNA injection, but the FDA rolled out the EU Emergency Youth Authorization for Teens a month later anyway. And parents did not get a press release from the U.S. government about heart harms until August of 2021, after thousands of teens were injected. And, and I, I'm not going to read the entire piece. It's linked in the show notes. But Naomi Wolf says flat out they're killing kids. Now, the question is, are they doing it on purpose? Because there are people who are killing kids on purpose and fighting for the right to kill kids who are not just not not infants, but but two years of age or people who are of that opinion, not necessarily fighting for that. But, you know, the state of Maryland bill that would allow you to starve your, your, your child to death or or cause your, your child to die of thirst up to 28 days, because after the 29th day, I mean, then that's murder. But the 28th day, well, then that's fine. So you have to be asking yourself, how bad does it get? Which is why it was so fascinating in a room full of people. And actually it was a house and what a beautiful house and, and what a beautiful, beautiful hosting event. And, and there to hear a man who I think is perfectly capable of doing what he says he's going to do. A man who's earned his wealth and that I think that the Lord is blessed enormously. I, I hope that this gentleman will come to understand that it's the Lord has blessed him. And he intends to destroy junk health science, obliterate it. He's done this before. Uh, he's destroyed some of the mobbed up entities in health before. They didn't see it coming, they figured it out too late. They tried to destroy him, and it didn't work. He's drawn together some of the best minds, and he has committed a gob of money. And uh, it's up to him to come on the program and explain how much money. But guys, it's a ton of money. And for some reason, (laughs) through friends in Idaho, I ended up in this meeting. And got to observe it and talk to the people and, 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 and have these conversations. 
And in the high hills above a uh, mid, I would say, well, Santa Cruz, California, you would not expect to see the Lord at work in this way. There were open Christians. There was a Catholic priest who is a former DARPA researcher, a former medical ethicist, as he calls himself, a reformed academic, now a Catholic priest. And incidentally, uh, about as evangelical a Catholic priest as I've ever seen, he was preaching the word. Uh, it was, and he did it in such a, a smooth and, and, uh, and personable and non-judgmental way. It was, I, I learned so much. And people were receptive. And upon leaving this event, a brother came to me and said, hey, are you a believer? I said, in, in the Lord Jesus? He said, yeah. I said, yes, absolutely. He goes, oh, I knew it. I knew it. I could tell. The Lord is at work and he, it, 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 he is creating a choice. And there were so many people who asked us about our faith, particularly the Father. I witnessed three or four people saying, but what about this? What about that? And it wasn't aggressive. I mean, these are people of ideas. And, and one thing about that environment, just in this case, just south of Silicon Valley, is, it is an, it's, it's an environment of ideas. And it's also an environment of God men and God women and, and temples of flesh. So I'm, I'm A, utterly blown away that I got to be part of this meeting. And, and B, um, just so thankful for the way people welcomed us and, and welcomed me. I didn't belong there. But also to see true intellectual diversity, because that's what it was. And, and, and this, this is, is the, 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 the garbage diversity of intersectional politics, which is, in my, my, my judgment, invented by the devil. That fake you know, equity and, and, and that, that fake uh, creation of different views and, and fake diversity is just that. There were people there who uh, were federal cops for decades. There were people there who were bodybuilding and, and strength athletes, world famous. Um, there were, like I said, this, this uh, doctor, this uh, Orthodox Jewish doctor from, from New York. There's a guy there who deals in um, addiction and using exercise uh, to overcome addiction uh, it was one of the most, well, there was a filmmaker there. There was a, another podcaster there. It was one of the most eclectic groups. There was a stay-at-home mom. There are two stay-at-home moms there. It was one of the most eclectic groups I've ever been around. And there in the center of it, God is so clearly at work. Because these, these folks being idea people, and how difficult would it be to not be worldly when, when you can buy things you know, you want a hundred dollar, a hundred thousand dollar Humphy? Go pick one up. It's a rounding error on on your earns, you know, your carried interest out of a venture capital fund in which you're a partner. It's that. Go buy one. Who cares? It's like you or I spending. You know what? I really, really want a, a skier machine. That's what is it? It's like a thousand bucks. Okay, that's not gonna kill us. We'll buy it. It's it's like you and I are doing that, or you know, let's splurge. You know what is it? It's five hundred bucks for a. Uh, for a new pair, I don't know skis, by the way, but it's 500 bucks for a ski, you know, to, to go ride the, the lifts, to go ski. Let's go do it. So how, how hard would it be to not be worldly? But there in that place where the world stands with all and every possible temptation. And, and there's definitely temples of flesh down there, like I said. 
people were aware of the fact that something is deeply wrong. That's what I took from this. Just about everybody with whom I spoke knows something is deeply wrong. Starting with the response to COVID. Versing over into why did the government let the Black Lives Matter Incorporated people do what they did? I talked with another gentleman I have admired for a decade. And he got, he was around when Antifa got their teeth kicked in in Southern California when the gangs got together and said, no, 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 no. Do you remember that video? I mean, I'm not here to say that, that, that I'm some big proponents of, of violent drug dealing street gangs. I'm not. Uh, but that was the place where Antifa got their teeth kicked in. And he knows something's wrong. The Lord is not just showing this to the faithful. In fact, I think just the opposite. I think the faithful, we know what we're seeing. You know, Timothy 2, verse 3. No, it's not just verse 3. Gosh, it's, it's, it's many verses, but I'll just do verse 3 for the, for the good of this. But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unacceptable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, but not loving God, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure, or pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Avoid such people. I've gone far past what I said I would read, but so good. For among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. Just as James and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also opposed the truth. Men corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding the faith. But they will not get very far, for their folly will be plain to all, as was that of those two men having all sorts of knowledge and never arriving at the truth. That's why I was so enthusiastic to see the ways in which the Lord is at work. And the Lord has so often gone after the least of these. And, and of course, uh, the, the Lord has said that th that's his mission to go after the least of these and to help rescue the least of these. Well, there is work. And I do want to talk about the godless nature of our world and how godless it has become. But at each step of the way, I want to point out again from this conversation with these people. And again, I, I will be revealing where this event took place, who was there, who organized it, who's going to go after um, the, the, the creators of junk health science and why I think this person is so uniquely suited to be able to take them down. Well, I just said, because he's done it before. So I'll talk about that. But what are the aspects of godlessness that we see? And it's not contained to just one thing. It is so profoundly evil. And it's such an opportunity for us to draw people, to, to, to be part of the Lord's work of drawing people to himself. Uh, and also, by the way, as a side effect to this, and a great side effect, a consolation prize, saving the United States of America. If that's not the best consolation prize in the world, I don't know what is. You know, at this event, uh, I met a gentleman who uses intense exercise uh, to cure people of addiction. And then he takes the people who does the best at that and, and he then uh, employs them and puts them into business. 
helping other people overcome addiction. And one of the things this guy said, and he was very open, he said, you know what? When I started this, I thought these, these, the, I was doing it for money. You know, I saw that no one else was really getting the, get the done. So I decided I'd get it done. I think my exercise program is better than what they put these people through. I'm, and I'm going to get it done. And he said, look, I'll be honest. When I started with this, I thought all addicts, like these street addicts, I thought they were dirtbags. And he said, and I was so wrong. So wrong. He said, I'm getting more out of this than they are. And I am being gifted by this in ways that they're not. This just brings it to mind to me, Allen's Artisan Soaps. See, the product that guy does, the service, it works so well. These people are now useful to the world. They're helping others overcome addiction. By the way, it's still a for-profit company. Same thing with Allen's Artisan Soaps. It's a for-profit company. Now, their profits are not as high as they could be because they employ people like Allen, who is the namesake of Allen's Artisan Soaps. But he's not a mascot. He's the chief soap officer. He's going to be 12 soon. He's deeply impacted by autism and other structural health concerns, meaning that, that he's constantly having surgeries and, and he's joyful. Same thing with this, this guy who started the, the business helping addicts, right? They're constantly in that battle and eventually they overcome it. And by the way, he could make a lot more money just pumping pharma into them. He won't do that. Won't touch it. Because he's now understanding the joy of helping people. But with him, it's the service. With these guys, it's the product. Allen's Artisans and Soaps are unique scents. They're all subtle, all natural ingredients, 100% natural. They have to be because Allen's skin can't stand non-natural ingredients. And we've created the Herminator Sub. It's not a sandwich. It's actually a subscription service. You get... Six bars of soap, you choose the scents, a soap rack, soap pouch, and a fluff, all at a 10% savings. You go to allensoaps.com slash Todd. Allen is A-L-A-N-S. Allensoaps.com slash Todd. So the godlessness, man, it is thick and it crosses many barriers. We need to accept that there will be some pain in the process. Uh, homophobic and transphobic ideas from parents can absolutely be a problem. Inescapable judgment. Yeah, bigoted, misinformed parents who have no idea how to talk about gay sex. They're biased. If they are religious, it can be very difficult to get into the conversation with them. Yeah, sometimes you can get stonewalled out of information. Brought to you by Pfizer. Imagine that an adult male uh, wants to have sex with a 12-year-old girl. Imagine that she's a willing participant. A, a very standard, very widely held view that there's something deeply wrong about this, and it's wrong independent of it being criminalized. It's not obvious to me that it is in fact wrong. I think this is a mistake. And I think that exploring why it's a mistake will tell us not only things about adult child sex and statutory rape, but also about fundamental principles of morality. But they're really criticizing science because I represent science. Uh, can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? Not in okay. this context. So I'm not a biologist. This is propaganda. Yep. This is misinformation. This is the way in which wars start. We need to accept that there will be some pain in the process. 
It's thick and it crosses a lot of barriers. The war comment came from Randy Weingarten, who is the boss of the national so-called teachers unions. And still, I'm enthusiastic. On each of those topics, I heard people who have every reason to be worldly, many of them not believers, or if they are hiding that, speak of these things. They know. And they've got the money and the influence to do something, and they know. And into their midst have been drawn people of faith who also know. But we view the root cause of this differently. This is making the rounds on Twitter, and this has been confirmed. Here is a picture from the subways of Twitter. Let's just compare this to this gentleman I met. I'll try to get him on the show because I think his work is fascinating. Um, who's helping people overcome addiction through intense, intense exercise. This is a picture of a young woman. She's a BIPOC. So BIPOC, that's the most important thing about her. She's a, she's a BIPOC. And she's also a human being. She, she is a creation of the Lord most high. Don't be ashamed you're using. Be empowered that you're using safely. Heroin as empowerment device for young women in their 20s. Young, this woman looks to be since all things are race. And race is this, at the center of all things. She looks to be part Asian and part black. Don't be ashamed you're using, be empowered that you're using safely. These are the words that the New York City subway system has allowed on their subways. Contrast and compare to what I heard this weekend. From the gentleman who's attacking this full front. From other people who, who could go by 50 buildings in big cities. Saying we've got to do something about our cities. Did you know this came up five different times? Oh my gosh, have you seen this ad? Do you see what they're doing to these people? It is such an opportunity for us to be able to say to people, you know, in fact, I said this to the, I said this to the father because he and I were having a conversation with some gentlemen and we were on topics like this. And there's another, there's a podcaster there. I so admire. I've admired his work for years. Such a brilliant man. And I said to the father, I said, if only God had warned us that there would be times like these. And he said, yes, indeed. The, the, I guess God really missed one by not warning us about all of this happening. And then, of course, we both quoted some of this with people. You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and suffering that happened to me at Antioch. And we can go on and on and on. The Lord rescued me with such persecutions, which I endured. Yet from them all, the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all those who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. While evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being devoured. But as you continue in what you've learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you've been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to be, make you wise for salvation through the faith in Jesus Christ. All scriptures breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. In this midst of these folks, watching this father work the room, and he can talk about anything, given his background, and the way it so easily flowed in the conversation. And guys, the thing I just admire most is there was no, no one saying zealot. 
Yeah, Christian zealots, they disagreed sometimes. They had questions, but they asked them in good cheer. And they asked them to hear the answer, not to think of the next chess move in the debate. I know that there are people who were put off by some of the Bible quotes, and they said, I find that really troubling, Father, or to me. I'm not ready to go there with you. I don't believe that. But let me ask, why do you believe it? And as I explained it, they said, okay, well, here's where I'm at. And it was an exchange of ideas, and the Lord is making this the way for this. In this godless time, and speaking of this Catholic priest, then I get to this. The Pope Francis, (laughs) who is the most troubling of all popes, well, that's not true, but the most uh, troubling of popes of, of our era, I think, Pope Francis promoted a bishop named McElroy ahead of Salvatore Corleone, who barred Nancy Pelosi from accepting communion. This pope is a rotten pope. And there are people who will say, well, then that means the Catholic Church is rotten. It means the Catholic Church has troubled times. It means that we have a bad pope who appears to me to be utterly godless because his concerns are for the world. His concern is about taxation. Render unto Caesars that which is his. His concern is for abortion. Thou shalt not murder. His concern is for global warming. Once again, the realm of Caesar. Render unto Caesar. His job is to be bringing people to the Lord. Well, his priests are doing that. At least the priest I observed is doing that. But there are some troubling aspects to this decades-long assault on the faith. And again, I stand enthused. There was a conversation with a guy who is one of the most charming people I've ever met. He has a British accent. Maybe that adds to the charmingness. He is also a doctor. And he was terrified for our children. Terrified of seeing children grow up at a time where, as he puts it, that that there are degenerate beliefs against the body of people. That there are people rushing to mutilate children. He was very open about this. A doctor. And he said, when does this stop? When does this stop? When do they stop pushing? When is enough enough? When will this war end? And Father spoke up before I could. He said, when our Lord Jesus returns in glory. (laughs) And the man said, bless me, Father, now. And Priest said, I've got my blessing hand right here. And I said, well, maybe you should accept the Lord Jesus first. And again, it was friendly. And again, it was collegial. But speaking the Lord's name, his son's name into this environment because we were invited. And sometimes God will set it out that now it is his turn. But there has been an attack on the faith, the biggest theft, maybe in history, 
if you look at the data, and even this has aspects of good news. Even this. I spoke about temples of flesh. Wait till you hear this as a counterpoint, or actually an example of how fallen the world has become. And again, how the Lord is making a good news for us. My wife was blessed uh, this weekend to have a meeting with a listener who has relocated to the state of Idaho. And she is 81 years of age and she loves the program. I'm going to have an opportunity to meet her coming up soon. I'm, I'm anxious for that. Uh, she has made an investment with Bulwark Capital Management. Yes, I did say she's 81 years of age. See, we've talked about people who are nearing retirement because that is a time of tremendous risk and the Bulwark Capital Management investment philosophy starts with risk management. That is, that is their philosophy, risk management. Certainly that means gains, but it also means avoiding a, a big hole being punched in the bucket because then all the gains are gone. Then all the most brilliant investment moves in the world are gone. All of a sudden it's like all in, it's like, it's like no limit Texas Hold'em. Great game until the bottom drops and you get beat on the, uh, you know, on the river. Boom, you're out. Well, if you're retired, then maybe things have locked, you have locked down. Maybe you got this all figured out, but do you? So give a call to Bulwark Capital Management and talk to them about where your retirement portfolio is at, even in retirement. Okay, the number is 866-779-RISK. Now, because the risks have changed, you look at the buying up of land by Warren Buffett and the Chinese Communist Party and Bill Gates. That's going to change the cost of food scenario. We know it is. We're seeing the change in the cost of fuel. We know where the party wants to take these things, right? They want to price us out of the city. So if you've retired outside the city, is that part of the risk? Call and find out. Call Bulwark Capital Management. They're at 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com. KnowYourRiskRadio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management's an investment advisor, representative of Trek Financial LLC and SEC registered investment advisor. I'm not saying this to be titillating, and I don't mean that as a pun. I really don't. This is an example of, of how far down the rat hole we've gone and how much the Lord is laying it out for us. I mean, this is like a volleyball game where I, I don't know volleyball that way, but there's the set put, right? Where one player pushes the ball up in the air for you to come in and slam the thing down. This is like the, the Lord just setting a set put up, but the ball floats in the air. You don't even, you can take your time getting to the ball, but it's, it's just there at such an easy shot. This is from the New York Post. And forgive the language, it's just the headlines. It, it's, it says, I make $5,000 a day selling my boob sweat in jars. And, and, and they celebrate this, of course, the New York Post. She might be the world's most inventive entrepreneur after making a fortune sh selling jars full of her passing gas, her 90-day fiancé star Stephanie Motto now has another unusual side business, hawking bottles of her boob sweat. 
The 31-year-old who was forced to suspend the sale of her flatulence following a heart attack scare back in January came up with a new venture just in time for summer, and it's already proving highly lucrative. So there are lonely and desperate and perverted men who are paying money to receive from her jars of sweat that apparently come from her breast area. What did it say? What was the biblical quote we began with? People will seek pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godless but denying such power. This doesn't have the appearance of godless godliness. But no can it provide actual pleasure. It could feed an obsession and a sick one, but also feeds the emptiness. Can you imagine being the man that receives this stuff? Because at some point, you're going to have to realize what you have just purchased and where you have landed in life. And to wonder, are you irreparably here? Are you irreparably broken? We have an opportunity to say, here's the results of living this life. Here's the results of turning away from God. This is real. People are actually going through these things. People are actually living in this way. I don't think they can convince themselves that it's good. I don't think they can convince themselves that it's healthy. But there's got to be a recognition also of this theft. These people who are doing this have probably been stolen from. There has been since 2003 a radical decrease in the number of people who hold a biblical view, and it's especially so amongst Christians. And here again, the Lord's giving us an opportunity to say, this is what a non-biblical view gets you. You know, you can start with, well, I just think you people should be okay. When there is no basis in, in what is good and what is bad, and everybody does as they think is right, and everybody serves their own desires, you end up with a bottomless pit of depravity. When you compare this to the Lord's plan for human relations and sexual relations and family and marriage and friendship and fellowship, and you compare these things, you can point to, yeah, there's been perversion throughout the ages, but it hasn't been a profit-making enterprise like this. It hasn't been global. It hasn't been promoted by the power brokers. And it hasn't been that governments force you to partake in it. There is a piece of research, and it's a continuing study of how people view the Bible. It's called the Barma Study. A new research study from the Barna Group suggests that a large share of the nation's moral and spiritual challenges is directly attributable to the absence of a biblical worldview among Americans. Citing the findings from a just-completed national survey of 2,033 adults showed that only 4% of adults have a biblical worldview as the basis of their decision-making, researcher George Barnard described the outcome. And he talks about moving away from the Lord and Jesus and what that does for us. This is, by the way, this, that, that particular piece came from 2003. And it was that bad in 2003. In 2019, 13 years later, he writes about the change in worldview as it has gotten even worse. 
Only 9% of all American adults have a biblical worldview. Among the 60 subgroups of respondents that surveys explored was one is defined those who say they have they made a personal commitment to Jesus that is important to their life, that they're certain they'll go to heaven after they die because they confessed their sins and accepted Christ as their savior. Labored born-again Christians, the study discovered they were twice as likely as the average adult to possess a biblical worldview. However, that meant even among born-again Christians, less than one out of every five, only 19% had such an outlook on life. And this affects their thinking. It affects their thinking on morality. It affects their activities. It affects mental health. The impact that one's worldview has on their activities throughout their life is what we would refer to as the fruits of belief or the fruits of activity. The people who practice a biblical worldview find themselves depressed less often. They find themselves isolated less often. They find themselves hopeless less often. They find themselves addicted less often. They find themselves in divorce circumstances less often. And the theft is not just the theft of the faith, which is the number one top thing, because that is the theft of, in fact, being saved forever. The theft is also the theft of healthy behaviors. And now this, it's changing. We've been talking about the good news and and what the Lord has been doing in the midst of this lockdown, politically useless, targeted, medically useless, I should say, politically very useful, medically insane, deadly lockdowns of school children of churches at the same time as abortion clinics flourished have real effects. And I've talked about the fact that the Lord is offering people choices. Well, the choices are right here and they're impressive and it's changing. It's not just at the party I was at where people are starting to reach for God almighty. I think it's very, very difficult to have the sort of money that uh, a lot of the people I was with this weekend have and to remain a solid unit. But uh, this weekend I saw that. I saw friends loyal to friends forever. I saw bosses still loyal to employees, still concerned about their their outcomes in life. And they haven't worked together for some time. I, I just witnessed this solid friendship. And I think about our partners at American Financing and AmericanFinancing.net. Well, their marriage has sustained 20 years together in business. As a family-owned national mortgage bank, they've sustained this. And what they're doing right now in these times, people who have homes, either they're paying them off, they may even own their homes. Right, And people are looking at, well, I guess if you own your home, you don't need to refinance your mortgage. I shouldn't have said that. But they are saving people up to a thousand bucks a month on their mortgages. And the money that frees up, that is not incidental. I mean, that's a college savings. That could be a vacation home. That could be paying off high interest rate bills that are eating your profits and what you earn and your income alive. 
A thousand bucks a month scales to $12,000 in this year, 120,000 across 10 years, $240,000 across 20 years. And that's assuming you just put it in a jar and don't invest it. Well, that's what American financing and AmericanFinancing.net is, is seeing and what they're, what they're having, what they're watching happen. So look, one of the things that you can do is make sure that you're viewing this in the right way. Okay, that means a company that will get it done quickly. That means in the case of American financing, they can get these things done in as little as 10 days. So it's super important to do everything we can to save money and spend less, to protect our finance, our investment, our families, to do everything we can to come out ahead. And the easiest way for you to do this is to get a free, no obligation mortgage review from our friends at American Financing and AmericanFinancing.net. They're going to look at your entire financial picture from your home loan to your equity, even your high interest debt. They're going to review it all with no upfront cost, no obligation. They'll do everything they can to help you save up to a thousand bucks a month, plus tens of thousands long-term. So just think of the difference that can make. Pick up the phone, learn more. Call our friends at American Financing at AmericanFinancing.net. Here's the phone number. It's 866-887-2275. That's 866-887-2275 or AmericanFinancing.net. NMLS 182-334, NMLSConsumerAccess.org. The Lord is bringing people unto himself and it's changing. The picture is changing. The new study from 2021 people are turning to the Lord. Bible users have increased in 2021. Proportion of Bible users in the United States has remained fairly consistent for the past decade. In typical years, approximately half of American adults reach for the Bible, at least occasionally. 2014, the team at Barna estimated that an all-time high of 53% of adults were Bible users and the low point, 48% in 2019. But in 2020, Bible users defined as individuals who read, listen, or pray with the Bible in their own time four or th- three or four times a year outside of a church setting had reached a 10-year nadir. It fell to 48%, but then COVID came. Well, more specifically, the lockdowns came. And it's begun to come up. Americans are coming up now to 50%. It's not where we want it to be, but it's coming up. Americans largely believe the nation would fare poorly without the Bible. And yet people don't know what's in the Bible. They don't know the recipe for living that's in the Bible. They don't know that so much of the godliness we've talked about this program would go away if it weren't, if, if, if people lived biblical lives. There are the 33% who think the world would be about the same without the Bible. And there's 14% of people who think people would be better off without the Bible. Half of U.S. adults say the Bible is without error. There's some bad news in that, and that there are Christians who say, oh, it's a good book, but it's not really the word of God. Half of all Americans affirm the Bible contains the keys to living a meaningful life. 54% say the Bible contains everything a person needs to live a meaningful life. The view has fallen significantly since last year when over two-thirds of adults, 68% affirm the Bible is an important source of wisdom. So that's falling, but it's still quite high. The lockdowns have presented us an opportunity to say to Americans, and in fact, globally, for God is the God of all, do you like 
the kids getting sexually mutilated? Do you know the Bible warns about this? Do you like seeing people pressured into becoming LGBTQA BIPOC? The Lord has warned about this. It's a return to breaking people apart. The Lord set us to be one people. He created all of us. Do you like seeing leaders who are openly, feel open hatred for the people who are openly picking winners and losers? The Lord and the Bible warns about this consistently and often. Do you like seeing people forced to violate their faith in order to work? The Bible is quite clear on this. Do you have a sense that something is so very deeply wrong? Have you noticed that politics just can't seem to fix it? Have you noticed that the more government there is, the more in the more arguing there is? Have you noticed the dynamic that the more laws that are passed, the sicker society becomes? Have you noticed that the, the further we ask for help from D.C., the more we find ourselves without help from anywhere. Have you noticed the people enriching themselves on the top of crises? Have you noticed that everything is crisis capitalism these days? Have you noticed that you feel it? And this was the most remarkable thing this weekend. It was a fun time. It was a celebration of a new approach. This gentleman's taking the destroy junk health signs. It was talking about a, a, an activity we all love and enjoy. So we have that connection and it's a strong one. It's truly a strong connection. And yet everybody shared a feeling. Not everyone said it the same way. Some came out and said it. I feel like something is deeply, deeply wrong. Some people simply showed it. When people know there's something wrong and the approach that's been approached for 50 years isn't working, they can turn now to the ultimate. And they were. I wasn't the only one seeking time with this priest. I assume I'm not the only one with follow-up text messages from people saying, Hey, met you at the event. If you were to recommend to me one book to read before I read the Bible again, what would it be? Hey, you mentioned the book on intelligent design that really shows that we weren't created at random. What was the name of that again? Hey, if I come out to Idaho and I actually go to church, you think people will be able to tell I'm a first timer? The Lord is at work. Everywhere. Places we would not expect him to be. How do we like the godless society? I hate it. These are the times in which God has decided we will live. I love what he's doing with it. I'm honored that he chose this little clay pot to be part of it. This is the Todd Herman Show. We so appreciate your support. Please do share the podcast with friends, particularly if they listen to Rush. Most of them don't know I have the podcast. May God rest Rush. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, and let's get better at sharing our faith in circumstances like this.